Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, man, I got to ask you, I do this a lot, man, because you know what? These songs ain't just for entertainment. These songs aren't just to make you feel good before you have to put up with me for a while. All right. These are this, 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 this the, the words, the music, this whole thing right here is, is, is actually part of what God is asking us today. All right. What are you, the question is, the question is, man, are you really, 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 truly, all right, wanting God to speak what is true to you today? Amen. That's a question, man. All right, because, you know, because it's really easy to sing along, right? I mean, the words are up there. The tune is good. It feels right. Ah, uh, there's an emotion in the room, man. It's real easy to go with the flow, but the question is, are you really, truly inviting God to speak to your heart, to speak to your life, your, your whole self, all right? Are you really asking God to do that? Are you? Are you? Is that what you want today? Because you're going to get exactly what you want. I believe it, man. So be careful what you ask for, Amen. Just be careful because I, we are in God's word and God is going to speak to you through his word. Amen. Is this going to happen? I love it, man, because uh, back in the early days, man, we had this video. We're trying to find it so we can play it for you guys. It's a, it's a welcome to our church video. And it goes through all this really cool stuff. But right at the very end of the video, it says that, that you're sitting in a pretty safe place to hear a potentially dangerous message. Right? I love that, all right? So buckle up, man, and hold on, because it's going to get crazy, man, because I truly believe that your life is going to be blasted open by God's word today, if you allow it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we give you the praise, and we give you the honor, and we give you the glory, Lord God. And in the mighty name of Christ, I pray that you help me, Lord God, to not mess this all up, because I'm freaking out right now. And so I just pray, Lord, that you just help me to just relate your word for your glory. In Jesus' name, blast us open. Amen? Blast us wide open. Here's what he says in Hebrews. He puts it like this. And this is where I'm going with this. Man, think about this. The word of God. All right. It says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, for the word of God is living and active. The word of God is alive. It's not just print on a paper. It's not just print on a screen, all right? It is actually alive. I love what I shared with you last week uh, with a brother Alex up there in Teen Challenge up in Oregon said, remember? He said that, well, he's been tripping out, man. He'd been reading the Bible for four months. He says, I'm freaking out, man, because this word, the Bible knows me better than I know myself. It says right here, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. The word of God is cut in deep into each of our lives, all right, if we allow God's word to make that difference because it's either going to harden us and we're going to deny it or we're just going to submit and say, right here, Lord, here I am. Speak what is true, amen? God's word opens up everything, man. It opens up everything. Are you down for that? Are you guys, that's like slang meaning, are you, you okay with that? 
Now, I don't even know, are you okay, but are you like seriously like, let's do this kind of thing? Yes? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's what I'm talking about. Because there were some religious people back in the day, all right, you know, who, who thought they were, and as they were listening to Christ, realized they just weren't. You understand? They started to lean in, and once Christ started to speak to those who were leaning in, they started to lean back and actually got a little crazy. He was speaking to these religious leaders, right? These, these, the Pharisees and the people basically who are leading a, you know, a nation of people um, you know, through the word and through the scriptures. And he was basically, what's crazy is he was actually telling these guys who he is and actually who sent him, the father had sent him. He was kind of just basically laying it all down. In John chapter eight, he's just laying this all down to these guys. And not all of them were trying to hear because they just couldn't handle it, all right? But there, but there were a few that started to lean in to the things that he was saying. And, they were, and, but, you know, and as they were leaning in, they thought it sounded good, but wait a second, it started to require a little more than they were ready to give, all right? And before this conversation was over, they would try to kill him with just throwing rocks at him for what he was just saying, they would try to kill him, man. They would just try to smash him with rocks. They really started, they actually, at the end of John chapter eight, they started picking up rocks and they were just ready to just blast him and just kill a, kill a guy with rocks, man. It's crazy. Well, what was he saying, man? Well, just a little piece out of this, what I believe is gonna lead us today. In John chapter eight, verse 31, as he was just kind of sharing who he was and who, you know, who sent him, all right, he started saying to those, he says in, in Acts chapter eight, verse 31, he says, so Jesus said to those who, who believe, he started to lean in a little bit. Weren't quite like just trusting with belief, all right? Weren't becoming followers of Jesus because they were actually would pick up, like I said, some stones later on and try to kill him, but they started to lean into this into what he was saying. He said, he said to those who have believed, believed him, if you, if, if you, say if, come on. It's a big word, man. If you abide, all right? If you abide, say abide. I'm not gonna do this all day, I promise. All right? Say abide in my word and are truly my disciples. You are truly my disciples. Basically, okay, I messed that up. He said to the, a little excited. All right, only one cup, I promise. All right, check this out. So Jesus said to the Jews who have believed in him, if you abide in my word, if you make your living in my word, if you bring your furniture, if you move in, bring your family too, because they should be here as well, all right? If you come and make your living in my word, you're truly my disciples. Like I said, he was telling those who had that beginning belief, they started to lean in, all right? But they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't trust him with all this. All right, they were, they were the ones that, 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 that basically who believed but didn't believe. They were kind of leaning in but couldn't hold on. It sounded good. It was good enough to kind of make me think, but wait a second, man. I don't know if I want to hold on to this. Think about that. Because the question really is for all of us here, not just can you, can you, can you, can you just kind of sit through and endure listening to the word of God, but are you prepared to trust him and take residence in his word. That's what he means. You see, some of you are watching right now online. Some of you are actually here right now as well. And you have this desire to believe. 
You have this desire to lean into the word. All right, some things that are said around here sometimes makes you want to lean in. And, and then there are other things that are said that cause you to lean back and maybe just turn off and say, okay. And we, and we think we can just pull pages out of the Bible and say, okay, this works for me. I'm not going to pay attention to the rest of this, but I kind of like these things right here. That's not what he's saying. He says, I want you to abide and make your living in my whole word. And we think that we can have this you know, belief that, that is very circumstantial or uh, situational as long as he doesn't ask too much. But he is. He's calling you to abide. He's calling you to make your living. Look what he says. He says again, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples. And look what he says in verse 32. And you will know the truth, man. How many people do you, how many of you really want to know the truth? All right, how many of you are kind of afraid of the truth? How many even though you're afraid of the truth are still willing to know it? How many of you are so afraid of the truth that you're like, okay, wait, 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 wait. I don't know if I want to go there with that. He says, if, if you will know the truth, then the truth is going to set you free. He says this, they answered him, all right, these, these religious leaders who are kind of leaning in and said, look at man, we are the offspring of Abraham. We've never been enslaved by anyone. What do you mean we're not free? What do you mean we're, we're going to be set free? If I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't belong to nobody right now. All right? How is it that you say that we're going to become free? And, we, and we've been right here, right? Wait a second. Free from what? I mean, what is it? Saved from what? I'm, I'm doing pretty darn good. At least I think so. And he said, he said to them, man, he said, truly, truly, I said to everyone who practices sin, not mistakes, not mishaps, not oh dang, you know what I mean? Not those, all right? Sin. Let's call it what it is, man. I told you it's going to get crazy. I know it. Don't apologize. I'm not going to apologize. I'm talking to myself. Did I say that out loud? All right. <clears throat> Sorry, man. All right. He said, truly I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin, all right? Practices basically continues in sin, continues to keep it coming without putting it in check. We all are sinners. We all sin, all right? But this is like unchecked sin. And because of that, in effect, we become a slave to that sin. And Jesus says, the slave does not remain in the house forever. He said to them, the son remains for there forever. And so if the son who lives in the house forever and basically owns the house, all right, if he sets you free, if you're a slave in the house on this planet, walking around caught up in, the, in what we're going to talk about here, in your, all in your head, man, all this stuff, all right, he says, if you allow the son to set you free, you will be free indeed. Let me just kind of remind you, there is no heart on this planet planet that Jesus cannot change. And there is no mind on this planet that he cannot set free. Are you understanding? There is no heart he can't change. And there is no mind he cannot set free. And he says, he'll make you free indeed. And they weren't trying to hear that. Right? They weren't trying to hear it. So I have a question for you. Has the Son set you free? Has Jesus truly set you free?
from a life that is controlled, that is enslaved and controlled by sin. Is your life today controlled by the sins of yesterday? Are the sins of yesterday becoming such a habit that you don't even think about them today? That's what I'm talking about. We're gonna, I'm going I'm to share something here. It's going to get kind of crazy. I hope you had some coffee. All right, because if not, we can take a break and you can go get some coffee if you need it. It's going to get a little crazy, man. I'm just like, oh, it's going to be fun. All right? All right? But have the habits of the past become so ingrained in your life that you have not yet allowed the Son of God, the Son of the living God, Jesus Christ, to completely set you free. If you say yes, I'm going to give you a chance to prove it. All right, if you're wondering how, by making your living and abiding right here in his word. We're in a series right now. We're going through the book of Ephesians. And we've been kind of going by, by section by section, not really verse by verse. We'll be here till Jesus comes back, probably. All right. No, you can come back today, too. All right, so make sure you have a good lunch. All right, so anyways. <laughs> so, I mean, it's probably going to be some great food. Anyways, but... Another subject, never time. We're, we're, we're in a series right now of Ephesians it's called A Firm Foundation. This is basically where we've been. Been going through these big sections of, of Ephesians, kind of studying these, these kind of like really big sections, giving you the scripture, telling you to take it home, to check our work, all right, to check your own work and to trust his work that he's given us in the word. That's what we've been doing, right? And, and today we're kind of starting a little mini series within the big series called Uncontrolled. Uncontrolled is the series that we're starting. Basically, and as much as we claim control, I want you to think about this, as much as we claim control over our lives, it's very easy sometimes, isn't it, to allow ourselves to be controlled by life, right? It's kind of easy, all right? But I want to challenge you because a life in Christ will not be controlled by anything outside of Christ. A life in Christ cannot be controlled by anything outside of Christ, all right, because you abide in the words of Christ. You abide in God. And that changes everything. And I'm, I'm, I'm here to hopefully provide you with hope. Because so many times we're just caught up, man. We're caught up. We think, I'm never going to get out of this. And you know, my life is just, you know, it's, it's up, it's down. It's up, it's down. I want to challenge you today in this. All right? See, some of you are taking my advice. Go get some coffee. Right? You're going to need it. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, go ahead. I'm telling you, see, they're like, they, they, they know. Right? And it's like, so I want to challenge you with this, right? And so it is that, that, that this is a life of true freedom. And I say uncontrolled. Not, I, don't say, I don't say no control. I'm saying uncontrolled. Because God will give us and lead us, all right, in his Holy Spirit to live a life of self-control, which is way more freedom than, no, than, than, than out of control. All right, but I want to talk about just being uncontrolled. So far, that in, in the scriptures, you know, that we have set the groundwork, that, you know, the apostle actually set the groundwork, that there are all these privileges that we receive in Christ. We recognize that. And that, and that you know, his cross brings us into unity by his Holy Spirit, and we become this one church. And now he's going to challenge us as we move forward through Ephesians, all right, for the rest of this book, and we're going to still be talking about unity, but we're also going to be challenged, all right, on a personal level. As he speaks to the whole, he's still going to challenge the one person, you and me. And he begins with this with, with and now check this out. Are you with me? Ready? 
All right, think about this. He begins with, he wants us to get a grasp, all right, on the contrast between what we were before we knew Christ, before we were in Christ, and what we are today as we are in Christ. If you have believed, all right, on the, on the gospel of Jesus Christ, all right, that God sent Jesus, all right, to be born of a woman, all right, all right, and then be born in the flesh, God in the flesh, all right, was here on the terrain, all right, so, so that we can recognize that he can identify with us and, and that he and that we can identify with him all right did many miracles all right was was led all right and to be tortured beat down crucified died on a cross was buried for three days rose again right all right he by he he gave his life all right to pave a way back to a god that we were stiff arming the whole way all right jesus christ gave his life for us if you believe that, then, then, then you can actually say, if you trust that, and if you've called him the Lord of your life, if you make him the Lord of your life, not just call him, he is the Lord of your life, then you are in Christ. And so what he's gonna do right here is he's gonna, he's gonna show you a contrast of the thinking, all right, of those who are not in Christ and the thinking, the mindset of those who are in Christ. Are you ready for this? It's gonna get crazy, all right? And he leads us. Ephesians chapter four, verse 17. Here's where he starts. And he challenges, because of this high calling of being in Christ, all right, he challenges that we should walk, all right, in a different way than a world without Christ. Maybe definitely different than the way that we walked when we were without Christ. There was a huge difference. Ephesians chapter four, verse 17 says this. Now, that, now this I say, and I testify, here it goes, all right, and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, basically as the non-believing people do, all right, at this time, all right? He says, in the futility of their mind. And I love what he says. He says, no longer. In other words, he says, there ain't nobody that can claim that they never did. There is nobody who was born a Christian. All right, nobody comes out of the womb, into the baptismal, boom, whew, glad I got that taken care of, all right? Nobody does that, all right? Each of us, even, you know, some of us give our lives to Christ at a very young age. Some of us wait till right way longer, like myself, all right? And, uh, and so, but, but, but you know what? There's nobody who just comes out, you know, just smoking with the Holy Spirit, man. Boom, done, here we go. Jesus did, okay, okay, we'll give that. Jesus did. John the Baptist kind of had a little bit of a head start as well, but now that's it, all right? Nobody else. He says, so I want you to, to no longer walk as you used to in the futility of the mind. You know what's crazy is there's always a constant pull, right? Of every, of every Christian, there's always a constant pull of us as Christians when we're hanging out with non-Christians to let them know or to make them feel like we're really not that different, so it's okay to be around us. You ever feel like that? You ever like, you know, or you ever see it? Maybe, maybe you see it, you don't, you don't want to admit it. All right, cool. All right, all right you're going to repent of lying later. All right, so, so check this out. <laughs> but, but you ever get around people and you're like, man, I just really want, I don't feel too uncomfortable because I am still pretty cool. You know what I mean? Yes, you are very cool. You're probably the coolest person on the planet when it comes to that. But check this out. I just want to be careful. Because we, when we try to get around and we say, you know, people who don't have the Holy Spirit to, to people, you know, we, and we do, we're trying to say, like, we're not that different. Um, yes, we are. 
We're extremely different. Put it this way, all right? You have a person right here and another person right here. One has the spirit of the living God, the creator of the universe, the creator of time, the creator of space, that who is the way, the truth, and the life, and one doesn't. Is there a difference? There's a difference. Amen? Come on, man. And it ain't so we can just say, see, I told you I'm better than you. No, you ain't. You're just better than who you used to be. Amen? I'm better than me. And that's what I'm striving. That, 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 you know, that's, that's, there's the big difference. Here's what I want to tell you. You shouldn't be different because of the room. Amen? But there should be a difference in the room because you're in it. You get that? You feeling that? Come on, you with me? Praise the Lord. And he says, not, no longer, no, no walking around in the futility of the mind. Basically, the pointlessness. Not necessarily empty-minded, just filled with things that don't have any eternal value, that, that lead to nothing. Now, I want to share with you the progression that he's going to lay out right here. So don't get too freaked out. There's a lot on here. All right? Yeah, there's a lot. I'm just going to let you look at that. I'll be right back. Just kidding. Okay. I don't know if everybody can see that. Okay, we got, I know it's going to be hard. Well, we, oh, cool. We have that thing. Yeah, that's right. Remember that? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Dang, Jumbotron. All right, so check this out. So, 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 so uh, this, this right here is a mind without Christ. And this right here is a mind within Christ. Now I'm going to go through all this because he leads us through this in this scripture. So check this out. All right. He says in verse 18, now I want you to, I want to challenge this progression with you guys. And I want you, I want you to tell me if you, if you, if this progression sounds familiar. Okay. This progression, look at verse eight, look at verse um, 18. Bro, let me go back. Let me read 17 and 18 together. Now this I testify to you in the Lord that you must no longer walk, all right, all right, as the Gentiles do in the futility of their mind, all right? They're darkened in their understanding. They're alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart, all right? And so what is happening right here, leave that scripture up there for a minute, all right? Because there's some reverse engineering that takes place in the scripture, all right? Basically what you have right here, he said they are darkened in their understanding, alienated in the, from the life of God. Alienated is the result, all right? Because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of the heart. So it kind of goes backwards, all right? Hardness of the heart that leads to ignorance, that leads to darkened mind, that leads to alienation from God. So basically what you have right here is you begin with a hard heart. You begin with a hard heart. When, 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 when people are talking to you about the things of God, all right, and when they're talking to you about the life in Christ, and when they're telling you, you know what, there's a greater truth than you're actually allowing yourself to lead into, and we start to just not try to hear it, we ain't trying to put up with that stuff, that is because of our hard heart. And not just that we have this heart, an actual organ in there that's all hard. It's just the center of our inner self, all right? The center of our being. We have a closed mind that is, that is ignoring the inner person. A closed mind that is, allowed, that is ignoring, ignoring the inner person because I guarantee you, deep inside every person on the planet, there is this desire to know the truth. There's a desire to know the truth and there's only one truth, man. All right? 
And then that hard heart, man, when we have a hard heart, when we have a closed mind, then we become ignorant. And I'm not ignorant in the sense like you're just ignorant. No, in the very basic definition of the word, not knowing. All right? We just don't know now. Because we have a hard heart, we're not able to know, man, because we ain't trying to know. We ain't trying to hear. All right? And because we have this hard heart and, you know, and we ain't trying to hear, we become darkened in any understanding. Because anytime we hear any of these messages now, you know what? Our understanding has been darkened, has been, has been numbed, and, and, we, and we no longer are able to receive it. You ever talk to somebody, man, who's just going through stuff, and you know that they're ready to hear this, man, but they ain't hearing nothing. And they're just turned off. And do you ever see that same person, all of a sudden, it just switches around, and they become this different person. We'll get to that in a minute, all right? But when they're just turned off, it's because they have allowed their hard heart to, 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 to prevent them from learning or knowing anything. And now when anything comes along, they're just darkened in that understanding, basically. They have this inability to understand. And in that inability, they become alienated from the life of God alienated from the life of God because our God is very much alive. And they become self-alienated, self-excluded, and a stranger to God. And because of that, they end up walking around with this, this futility of the mind. They walk around filled with things that lead to nothing of any eternal value. I'm not saying they're just Worthless people. I'm not saying that. Jesus Christ died for every one of these people. Remember, that's why he says, no longer. I want you no longer because this was you and this was me. Okay, maybe it wasn't you, but this was definitely me. This was me. I can admit this. For 32 years, I walked around in this vicious circle. And it wasn't even an existence and it was very, and I was blinded to it. And because of that, I realized that I was, and I didn't realize that I was being controlled by my own sin. And it was killing me. I was controlled by the sin of my own hard heart. That's why he says in verse 19, look at what he says here. And they have become callous numb, hardened, and given themselves to sensuality, to greedy practice, and every kind of impurity. All this creates this, 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 this numbness, this callousness, all right? To things that are slowly killing us, man. To things that are slowly killing. There's an old story. I don't know how true the story is, but I just I think it sounds kind of cool. That that how Eskimos when they, when 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 wolves would uh, you know come along their little uh, communities there and then start just kind of taking some of their of their livestock and and taking some of their food and stuff like that and actually attacking their children. The way that they would that they would uh, they would trap and kill these wolves is they would take knives. All right? They would take a bunch of knives, very, very, very sharp knives, and they would coat it with animal blood and let it freeze. They coat it with more animal blood and they let it freeze. And then they put even more animal blood and they let it freeze until the blade was just thick, thickly surrounded by frozen animal blood. 
and they just coat it with some fresh animal blood and put it around the knife and then stick it somehow into some kind of fixture to where it wouldn't move, sticking blade up out of the snow. And then the wolf would smell the fresh blood, would come and just start licking that knife, licking it and licking it and licking away that blood, not knowing all of a sudden that a blade underneath is starting to shine through. And as they're licking, all right, and there's such a frenzy, they're in such a frenzy over the taste of fresh blood that, that, they, that they don't really realize now that their tongue is just split wide open and they're drinking their own blood. And they don't even realize it until they bleed out and die. Stupid, all right? <laughs> We, we realize that, right? But wait a second. This knife has been coated with fresh blood. And we're doing the same thing. We've become so numb. And we drink, as we drink so deeply of what is killing us. Think of the things that you try to protect your children from. Think of these things. That you try to protect your babies from seeing. Don't look at that. From hearing. Oh, wait, turn that down. From experiencing, no, that's not right. Why do you try to protect them from that? Why is it important that they don't hear, that they don't see, that they don't experience those things? And what makes it okay for you to? What excuses do you find yourself making? Thomas, David, he said this. He said, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. Why do you think he said that? Because they develop that hard heart. Seeing, hearing, and experiencing create this hard heart, which leads and actually you know, pursues ignorance and darkened understanding and alienated from God and a futility of a mind having lost all sensitivity, people lose all self-control. In their pursuit, all right, to control, to, 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 in their pursuit to celebrate, actually, because this is often celebrated, all right, a life out of control, they become very controlled by their sin. But Jesus changed everything, didn't he? Did he? This is a personal question. This isn't a collective and a corporate and a worldwide question. I want to ask you this personally. Jesus changed everything, didn't he? If you find yourself still, still living in this vicious circle, then maybe you need to lean in a little more right now. Because in verse 20, he says that this is not the way you learned Christ. And he shares with us a new progression. I'm going to read through verse 24, and then I'm going to come back to verse 21. Now, 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 Father, I pray that you would help us to see, Lord God, that if we are in Christ, this is not a choice, all right? This is who you've created us to be. So help us to see for your glory, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to read. Verse 20, but this is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you've heard about him and were taught in him 
as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, the old human, which belongs to the former manner of life that is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed by the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in the, in the end and in true righteousness and holiness in Jesus' name, amen? amen. Come on, man his word. He said it. Now look at the new progression that he leads us to. He says, assuming, verse 21, that you have heard about him, we're taught about him, as the truth is in Jesus, all right? And then he talks about putting it on, put it off. He says, basically, that you have heard about him. In other words, you didn't harden your heart. There was a time in your life, this is why you're here right now. This is why you haven't walked out yet, because there was a time in your life where you recognized that this was not getting you anywhere, this hard heart. It was creating this life of futility, this vicious cycle. And so you started to lean in, not just hearing, but actually listening. Not just for Christ, of Christ, but actually listening to Christ. You see, the teaching is Jesus, all right? And the teaching is in Jesus, and the, and the teacher himself is Jesus. Amen? That's what we're talking about. You, at some point in your life, said, I am leaning in to hear Christ. And in that leaning, I'm allowing myself not to be ignorant, but actually be taught in Christ for him to teach me in Christ that my atmosphere of learning, my school of learning is inside Jesus. And in there, I am learning Christ, learning more Christ, being discipled by Christ himself. And because of that, I am becoming more like Jesus as I put off my old self and put on this new self and my mind is now not a futility of the mind, it is daily renewed mind. And I want us to, this is where we're gonna go over the next few weeks as we recognize that this right here leads us to a life that is controlled by sin and we become numb to our anger and the wrath that is products of our anger. We become numb to um, sexual immorality, all right? And then and we, try to, we start to experience or pursue experiences in areas that we should not. We become numb, numb to lies and deception and lying and deceiving and manipulating. We become numb to a life that says, I don't need the church, all right? And then, and then, and then that rather than a life that pursues unity. And we're gonna be talking about living a life that is no longer controlled by sin, an uncontrolled life for Jesus that is daily renewed as we pursue to listen, as we pursue to understand and learn and be. This requires so much of us Look at in verse 22, to put off the old self, to put off, to take, these are grave clothes, man. This is what you wear for a funeral when it's yours. You recognize that? These are your grave clothes. Take off the grave clothes and be clothed in Christ. He says, put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life that is corrupt through deceitful desires. Self, you know, basically the old human 
and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. How? By abiding in the word of God. Come on, man. This is what I tell you. It's so important. That's why I give you scripture at the end of your sermons. Now just read this. Take this home. Live in this. Check this work. And put on the new self. Created after the likeness of God. And true righteousness and holiness. By becoming the person we were originally created to be. Like God. Not a God. To be like our dad. Because he's the best. <laughs> My dad could totally beat up your dad. Because he's awesome. <laughs> anyways, he probably invite you over for dinner. But anyways, you know what I'm talking about. And put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness and become the person we were originally created to be. So what I want you to do, man, you need to, you need to make it permanent. Stop going back and forth. Number one thing I want you to do, I just want you to examine yourself. Examine yourself. Which describes you more today. Examine yourself. Are you still controlled by, your, by the sins of your past? Are you constantly looking at them to see if they can fit in the world of this life today that you're living in Christ? Let me just kind of give you something really quickly. I was talking to my brother Caleb this week and, and we were talking about this and I shared with him, look at it. The more, the more you focus on your past, the easier it is for the enemy to map out your future. Did you recognize it? You understand that? The more you focus on your past, the easier it is for the enemy to map out your future. So examine yourself. Examine yourself. And number two, Repent. Repent. Repent of this lifestyle. Repent requires, repentance requires the whole you, which could be summed up in your, in your heart, in your head, in your hands. Your heart and your head and your hands. This is, this, is, this is the heart. This is the head and this is your hands. This is your life. Repent. Say, Lord, what is repentance? It basically says that, you know what, man? Uh, you know, my heart is broken, all right, because of that life. And because I've been alienated, my heart is broken, all right? And my mind is changed. And my hands are gonna prove it. That's repentance before God. Number one, examine yourself. Number two, repent. And number three, man, abide in the word of God. This is what Jesus says. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Do you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ, a son of the living God, all right? A representative of him on this planet. Do you want to be his church, amen? For his glory, amen? Well, then come on. Live the life then that you're called to live. Live that life daily. This is daily renewed mind. 
constantly. I'm going to hear more of Jesus. I'm going to be taught more in Christ. I'm going to learn Christ more, and I'm going to be more like Christ every day. This is my new cycle of, of, of thinking and being. Take home the scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 24. Check our work. Check it out. Pray through it when you read this. Pray through this. Check this work out. And then check your work out. Again, examine yourself. But ultimately, you got to trust his work. Amen. Praise the Lord.